everyone, and welcome to another episode of Change Your Latitude. Today, I'm joined by a guest. Her name is Debbie, and she's the founder of The Offbeat Life. She has a great podcast. She has a lot of resources for remote workers. And in this discussion today, we're talking about location independence and traveling and starting a business and the challenges that come with it. And it's been a very, very interesting conversation. I'm looking forward for you to hear it. So without further ado, let's jump right into the interview. So welcome to the podcast, Debbie. I'm really happy that you're here. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited to speak with you. Yeah. So why don't we start by maybe you telling us a bit more about you, about where you're from, your background. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Debbie and I run and host a podcast called The Offbeat Life where I speak to people who are digital nomads and remote entrepreneurs, and we branch it it out into a website as well, where we have a ton of resources for people where they can find jobs and find more information about that. And I also run a website called howtocreatepodcast.com, where I help people start, grow, and monetize their own show. Um, And I'm from the Philippines originally. I was born there, but I grew up in New York City. So I always call myself island born and city raised girl. So (laughs) I love that. So two total opposites, but it's a good combination, I think. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. And I, I just really love to interview people from different backgrounds that chose to live differently because I'm fascinated by all the stories that I hear Uh, from our guests here on the podcast. And it really helps the listeners also believe that it can be possible for them. So I'd love for you to maybe tell us a bit more about The Offbeat Life and why you started it. So I started The Offbeat Life really out of curiosity because I was still doing my nine to five and what most people would say was a dream come true, right? Like the Mm typical American dream. I had a great job, went to school for it, uh, was making pretty like, you know, a lot of money, not really doing a lot of hours and I could make my own hours as well and take any vacation time. My job was great. My bosses were incredible, but it was just something that I knew I didn't want to do in the long term. And before I started this job, I was actually in, uh, I was a photojournalist and I traveled a lot. And I wanted to get back to the time where I was more creative and there was just something pulling me, right? So people thought I was crazy for leaving it, but it was just the way I am. I knew there was something that needed to change because honestly, I was having panic attacks every four months. So it was like, what's wrong with me? I'm doing something that is not, you know, like it's like I said, it's an American dream, but there was still something that was really missing. So when I was traveling, I spoke to a lot of digital nomads and remote entrepreneurs, and I was curious in how I can make that into a sustainable lifestyle for myself. And that's how the podcast started. And I didn't even know I could create income from it until six months after starting the show when brands started coming up to me and asking me to if they can really sponsor the show. And then a year and a half later, I was able to leave my nine to five full time um, and do this and run my podcast and website fully and make this into a full time business. Wow. I mean, that's a that's an incredible story. And I think you cannot get there if you don't take that first leap, right? 
Absolutely. And I think there's, I think this is really for a lot of people, we have so many mental blocks that's stopping us and it's usually us, right? Exactly. that's what's really stopping you. So I think I was at a point where I just couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take the mental breakdown and the panic attacks. And I knew I had to do something. And I'm so thankful that I did because otherwise I would still be miserable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You would never know what you were able to do as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, and I'm just thinking about what you said about, you know, leaving the safe life behind and stability. And I think that's what's preventing a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs or just people that want to design a different life to actually take the leap and to lead that stable life, let's say. Um, so can you share with us maybe how you were able to overcome this fear of leaving the traditional path? I think I just had to choose, right? I either had to stay miserable and feel this sort of emptiness and panic every single day or and and this is the thing that I was talking to myself like can it get worse than this like worse Mm. comes to worse I could always go back to this job but I'm getting older and also not just getting older but there's only so many opportunities and I don't have children really Uh, any real responsibilities yet. You know, I don't have a family to support and this is the perfect time. It's going to get harder as I get Mm -hmm. older. I was like, well, if this is not the right time, when is it ever going to be the right time? It's just going to get harder for me in the long run. So I, and I just knew, I was like, it's, it's not going to get any easier for me. I'm probably just going to get worse. So for me, leaving the nine to five and getting out of that security was actually, um, you know, a lot easier than just staying there. And that's what I was thinking about. It's like, can I really continue going like this or should I take the risk? And that's what I decided to do. Yeah. And I feel it comes down to it very often the cost of not taking action and kind of reflecting about, okay, this is my situation right now, but if I stay in this situation, what's going to happen? And that's where you realize, well, staying in it is actually worse than the fear of taking that first step, right? Absolutely. So there's one line from your website that I really enjoy, and I'd love for you to tell us a bit more about what it means for you. Um, And that sentence is, I like to encourage others to take the chance to design a life full of substance and not from circumstance. Uh, I love that quote too. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we often think of ourselves like, okay, well, people told me to do this, either my parents or it's just what's expected of me. And this is my circumstance, right? It's like saying to yourself, I have no choice, but that's really not true. And I came from a family of immigrants and I'm an immigrant too. And I've seen what it actually is to live a life from circumstance where you have not many choices. And that's really why we came here to the United States. And coming here and really seeing how much opportunity we have that we can design a life that we truly want to live in. So for me, also leaving that nine to five that I didn't want is me saying to myself and 
you know, even to my ancestors and my parents and my aunts and uncles who sacrificed so much, like this is a way for me to go beyond the circumstance that we have and taking advantage of the opportunities that we have here that we never would have had if I was still in the Philippines. So for me, there's such a huge difference between just living a life of circumstance and living a life that you truly designed for yourself. And if you have the opportunity to do it, then you really need to take it. (laughs) Absolutely. I could not agree more with you on this one. And I know that you really followed your heart and your purpose um, and not what you were told to do. And I know a lot of people and listeners here are struggling about, you know, the transition between studying or working in what you're told to do versus actually finding out what your heart and purpose is and following it. Do you have some guidance or advice about people that are kind of stuck in between those two phases? For, I mean, from my personal experience, it was a lot of, am I going to let my family down, especially my Mm. parents? And because of everything that they had gone through, I didn't want to fail, you know, for, for them as well as for myself. But there's a lot of things that go inside your head. And a lot of that is you don't want to let anybody down, right? Not just yourself, but also the people around you. But I realized that if I stayed at a place or at at a time in my life where it was just making me miserable at the end of the day, I don't think the people that love me would want me to do that to myself. So it is really hard in the beginning. And believe me, I had a lot of arguments with my Mm -hmm. parents and there were so many mistakes and hurdles along the way. But I am so happy that I made those mistakes and failures because it led me to where I am. I learned so much from them. And it also, it's really part of growing up, right? Of being an adult is to make your own decisions for yourself. You can't live for other people. You can't live so that other people are happy. You have to live for yourself. And part of that is doing what you really want to do with your life and what you love to do because what you're doing, you may not see it later on. It could be an inspiration for somebody else in your family who who is maybe also like, oh no, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I could talk to somebody in my family. But then I see, you know, my cousin or my sister or brother do this, then it gives them the courage as well to take that leap. Absolutely. And I feel it's such, it's really difficult to handle your parents' disappointment, let's say. But at the same time, I always feel like, well, if I would Like I'm not a parent, but if I would be, I'd be actually very proud of myself and I would feel like I've achieved my role as a parent to see that my child is actually, you know, blazing their own trail if you want. Yeah. And that's really what you can do or you can't tell your children how to live their life. You can guide them Mm -hmm. to be good human beings, but it should be their choice how they ultimately uh, live their life as long as, you know, they're doing it in a way that's making them happy and they're not hurting anyone. Um, (laughs) And that's that's all you can ask for. (laughs) I agree. I agree. So there's something else that I really wanted to chat with you about. And it's the fact that you've already been drawn to arts from a very young age. And I know that you had to deal with stories around artists cannot make money. And this is a huge limiting beliefs for a lot of creatives. 
I know that a lot of creative entrepreneurs struggle with the, the business selling money part of entrepreneurship. Um, do you have some advice or some tips around how to bridge the gap between the business part and the art part of being a creative? That is definitely a huge, huge mental roadblock for a mm -hmm. lot of us because I hear this all the time and I've said it myself, you know, I don't want to sell out. It's all about the art, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And to tell you the truth, that's BS because, <laughs> you know, having beautiful art and having beautiful creations will not allow you to pay the bills, will not allow you to also help and reach as many people as you want. So, I used to have that belief as well. And then I realized, oh my goodness, if I keep doing this, then that means I have to keep going back to a job that I really don't want to do with my life. So mm -hmm. how can I bridge this gap and do something that I love that helps other people, helps myself and I'm really passionate about and that's a way to do that is to create income from it. And that's one of the things that I really had to learn the hard way. I actually started three businesses and failed them mm. uh, before I finally realized that. And I tell people this now when they when we talk about that and they have that similar belief still is that you know, when somebody pays you money, it means for your services or your content, it means that you're doing a good job. So think about that as a reward for, for doing a great thing, right? Because you're either giving them a service or content that they really love and they want to pay you for it. So it's just an added bonus to what you're already doing and learning how to market yourself and learn systems for your business. It's just an added thing that you have to do if you want to make this sustainable. Absolutely. Could not agree more with you. And it's, I feel it's such a big hurdle for a lot of creatives and artists out there to put a monetary value on what they're doing um, and to get over the fact of actually charging for their art. Um, and also there's like this feeling like you're a sellout also. So there's a lot of things to overcome when you have a creative business, but you, I think your advice here is, is really important and helpful for people that have this creative business, because as you said, you, you will inspire others to do it. And when you charge for it, then it means that you don't have to have this nine to five job and not, you know, be in your own zone of genius. I also think that when we feel like that, and I say we because I've felt like this before, when we feel like, oh my goodness, I don't want to charge for anything. I think it's a lot of times because you are so passionate about mm -hmm. your art, you become very insecure. You know, it's like, well, if I put like a monetary value in this, is that my value? Is that my work's value? What if it doesn't sell for as much? And in the beginning, it may not. You know, honestly, mm -hmm. it may not, you know, because you're starting out, but the longer you are, the better you are with your business and marketing yourself, the more it, it becomes higher, the value, right? And not to say that it's, it's just the value of your, your content and your creation is just monetary. Obviously that's not how it is, but it's, it's a lot of self-doubt and a lot of fears that we have. And also because we don't know too many things about business as, as artists mm -hmm. in the beginning, like with anyone else. So it's just getting in there, doing it, taking that first step and just keep going. And that's, that's really it. That's absolutely it. 
And I'd love to go back to what you just shared about the three businesses that you've started and didn't work out. Um, so I'd love to know more about the challenges that you faced and also maybe some lessons that you had from these three different businesses. Yeah, so a few of the businesses that I've had, one was an e-commerce business selling jewelry, and I was really into buying the jewelry and taking photographs of the jewelry. I didn't know how to market. That's why I didn't mm. do well. So I had to learn that um, from that business. That's what I learned. The other business that I had is um, creating art classes for toddlers and children. So the business was actually making money, but I didn't know how to allocate it. Mm. And the place that we were renting, the um, the rent was so high that we just couldn't um, make it last for very long. So that was another thing that I learned was allocating your money for your business the right way. And then the other business that we had we, it was for promotional products. So this one wasn't even creative at all. It was just all about money. Uh, I didn't really like the business, but it, you know, we knew somebody who was making a lot of money from it. And I thought, okay, well, if we do this, it'll be great. And that's another thing that I learned. If there's no <laughs> passion and it's all about the money, it's not going to work. So those are really huge things that I learned. And obviously with this business that I have, you're learning every single day. Um, but it doesn't become something that really stops you, especially if you're passionate about it. It actually excites you whenever there's a uh, resistance and a struggle. And then every time you find a solution to it, it just becomes really exciting. Absolutely. And it's so interesting to hear you talk about these three businesses and the lessons that you've learned, because uh, yeah, I don't see anything when it comes to business as failures, but it's just, you're always learning and it's easy to go from one lesson and, and kind of do the opposite, just like you kind of did with the, the third business here where you had learned about, okay, well, I need to be able to market better. And then I need to be able to allocate my resources in a better way. And then you went directly into a more, let's say business slash profitable you know, kind of business that weren't necessarily aligned with your passions. And that kind of redirected you to get back into alignment and actually find something that you're passionate about, but also apply all the lessons that you had from these first businesses, right? Yeah. And there's just so much that you can learn every time something doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. And you become a true entrepreneur when you realize that you constantly have to pivot because there's always going to be obstacles that are going to come your way. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's it's not starting over. It's just, like you said, pivoting. I've been through the same thing. This is also my fourth business. And it's just so interesting to learn each time, but it can be difficult at first when you see it as a failure and when you see that it didn't work out, but it just, it reroutes you to something that is in better alignment with what you want to do, your values and, and the purpose that you want to have here. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So just before we started recording, we were chatting about COVID and for us digital nomads, how it impacted us. So I'd love to hear more about the impact that it had for you right now to not be able to travel much. Honestly, I am really loving this time. I like being... <laughs> 
in one place. And before the lockdown, I was traveling uh, constantly. And I think I just came back like three days before from a work trip. And then two weeks before that, I had another work trip. So I was constantly on the go. And I was having a little bit of a burnout. Mm -hmm. And these last few months being at home, really not getting distracted by everything else because honestly to tell you the truth when you're traveling for business um it can get distracting it can distract you from other things in your business that you need to do because it's all about that client that you're working with etc so now i'm so much more focused on what i need to do i'm creating more systems creating new ways to create income for my business so i'm actually really enjoying it i like being a hermit now <laughs> <laughs> This is so different, right? But I feel we've all been through this same kind of experience for, for a lot of us um, that are traveling full time to at first kind of be unsettled about what's going on and kind of be like, okay, how am I going to handle this? And then, well, it's not that bad. I can actually focus and it's a good time for me to take a step back. And, and like you said, just look at the the back end of my business and find some focus, uh, which is really different because travel takes a lot of time, a lot of energy. It's a lot of fun as well, but I mean, it can take a lot of your time during the week and, and the months. Yeah, it takes a lot of time. And I think a lot of people don't understand the there is a difference between leisure traveling and work traveling. Yeah, it's <laughs> so a lot of your your time and energy. It definitely does. Um, and I feel a lot of people that want to be digital nomads, let's say, um, they don't account for this extra time for planning and also just adapting to the local culture and be there for work and not leisure. Um, and I always feel it's very important to account for way more time than you had expected. <laughs> yeah, there's always going to be something unexpected for sure. Absolutely. So a question that I ask um, all of my guests is about the name of this podcast, which is Change Your Latitude. And it's all about growth and movement. It's about, you know, expanding your comfort zone and traveling to new places when you can and trying new things. So I'd love for you to tell us um, how are you going to change your latitude this year? I think for me, I have really been changing the systems for my business. Um, I've created new things for it that I'm really excited and also learning. I'm constantly learning every single day. It just becomes like I, I want to be like a sponge for everything. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really what I want to be changing myself and um, really pivot my business so that it runs later on, even if I'm not there. Uh, in terms of travel, I think obviously it's going to be a lot more local mm -hmm. and more in the United States, really appreciating what's in our backyard more than anything. So yeah, I think I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being closer to my roots and really focusing more. Absolutely. I love that. So where can we find out a bit more information about you and the offbeat life? 
Absolutely. So if you guys want to learn more about me, how to be a digital nomad or remote worker or entrepreneur, you can go to theoffbeatlife.com. We have a ton of resources there for you to find online jobs. We also send out online jobs that you can apply to ASAP every Wednesday. So if you subscribe to that, we send that out right in your inbox. And if you do want to start your own podcast, because listening to them is awesome, but doing it is even better. <laughs> uh, you can go to howtocreatepodcast.com. You can go in there. Again, there's a ton of free resources that you can do. I also offer a free how to launch a profitable podcast masterclass that's also free, where I share with you a ton of tips on how you can launch like a pro. So you can go to howtocreatepodcast.com for that. That's great. And I think I'm going to send this link to a few of my clients that are looking to start a <laughs> podcast as well. I feel a lot, of, a lot more people are um, have this interest about starting their own podcast. And sometimes it can be quite tricky to know how to do it and how to go about it. So that's a perfect resource. Uh, so thank you so much uh, for that. Yeah, absolutely. I've been doing the uh, free masterclass. It's a webinar for people because I've been getting so many questions that I was like, it just needs to be on a video now because yeah. <laughs> it's so much easier. <laughs> absolutely. So I'll leave a link in the show notes uh, for all these resources. Thank you so much, Debbie, for being here today. It was super interesting to hear you about your story and the lessons that you've learned throughout the different businesses that you've uh, launched. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on your show. I had a great time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and to this interview. Thank you so much, Debbie, for being here and taking the time to chat with me. It's been a lot of fun. And like I said, I'm going to leave the links to Debbie's website and podcasts and resources in the show notes. If you have any questions for me, if you have any questions for Debbie, feel free to reach out to us and thank you so much for listening again and I'll see you in the next episode.